0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. I'm your host, Ryan Dobson, with my wife, Laura, and we've got a great program for you today. Author Crystal Evans Hurst is in studio talking about her book, She's Still There. Crystal is the co-author of Kingdom Women with her dad, Tony Evans. She writes for the Proverbs 31 ministry. She's a speaker at conferences. She's the mama to three boys, two adult girls, one son-in-law, and one granddaughter. What a great book this is talking about the dreams you had when you were little are still there and you can rescue that little girl inside of you. Crystal, is such a breath of fresh air. You're going to love this program. If you're not catching us on Rebel Live, you are missing out. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, Facebook.com slash Jay Ryan Dobson, YouTube.com slash James Ryan Dobson, all the stuff is going on there. Without any further ado, here is Crystal Evans Hurst on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Crystal, thanks for being on the broadcast today. It's such a pleasure to have you on Rebel Parenting.
1: It's my pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having
0: me. Oh, for sure. Listen, we're really into this book, She's Still There. And I'm not sure if it's in the book or if our producer told us, but this phrase, getting lost in the circumstances of life, just kind of resonated with us. Where, you know, at times we feel like we've arrived at the thing we always wanted. And we still feel totally lost. And I love your story and your vulnerability. And let's take us back to the beginning. You, you know, why write She's Still There? I mean, writing a book is such a huge undertaking. It's something that you almost have to do. But why now and why this one?
1: Well, the main reason for me is that um, I joined in with my dad to write Kingdom Woman. He did all the heavy hitting theological fun stuff, and I did all the storytelling. Mm. And um, when we did that, I kind—I of, mean, I told little snippets from my life, little examples, little things that I thought would be helpful mm. um, for my life and that of others. And I glazed over um, being a single parent for a few years, and that became the most frequently asked question I would get. Mm. well i didn't know you were a single parent well how did that happen and you know how did that go with your parents and all that so she's still there while it was not designed to be a memoir um, allowed Mm. me to go into a little bit more detail about that story Mm. that's one of my she's still there moments i think most women have multiple she's still there moments (laughs) Uh yeah um uh, you know i really think most people have multiple moments I mean, we joke around about um midlife crisis, which I don't think is something unique to men. I think women have it too. Mm -hmm. But I think we have these moments in our lives where we look around and go, is this what I was aiming for? How did I end up here? I'm not so sure that where I am is where I want to be, or I have no idea where I want to go or where I want to be, but I don't know how to change it. And so while that was one major story, I gave one, two actually chapters, two chapters to that story. Um, there's other stories in there that give other examples of that moment because the principles, when people say, what did it, what did, what did, what it it had to happen in your life for you to move forward? Mm. Those principles were repeating principles that I have used over and over again from different, she's still there moments. And so that was certainly a major one, um, but the goal was to say the girl in you, the girl you wanted to be, the girl you never knew you could be, the girl you always wanted to be, that she is still there. But you do have to participate with God in his plan for your life and do the work of finding her.
0: Yeah.
2: So what, what would you- that
1: work look like? Well, you know, <laughs> and then you have the whole book. Right. No, basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey, Crystal, <laughs> hang on a second. Yeah. Let, me, let me start a little bit further
0: back. When did you start feeling lost? When did you start saying, you know what, I don't even know who I am anymore. I've been doing all these things and I'm going, you know, we all are on that path of least resistance where you know, you're doing all those different things. You're married and you're raising kids and you're getting them in school and you're getting them to activities and you've, you've got a family, all those things, and then you wake up. What was that moment when you said, I, I don't even know who I am anymore?
1: Uh, Well, literally at 12, I walked into my parents' room and said that I don't know who I am. And they both looked at me like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, I felt that same way again when I realized I was pregnant as a 19-year-old having a baby at 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did I end up here? I had that feeling when I was 25 and hated the job. I had that feeling when I was 30 three and was doing uh, cleaning up yet another dirty diaper and thought, you've got to be kidding me. This is so repetitive, redundant. And what did I go get my degree for? Mm -hmm. I had that feeling again when I was 40 and looking in the mirror and thinking, where did all this weight come from? And I see the girl, but she's covered up by a bunch of stuff. So Mm -hmm. what is going on? Yeah. So I've had that feeling and that emotion multiple times from teenage 20s, 30s and into 40s. And that's when I said, you know what? This is something that happens to us. And what happens, with the, the the only problem exists when you have one of those moments and you get stuck.
2: Yeah. Mm. And you stay in that moment. And you stay in that yep.
1: moment. Mm. Either and because you, you don't know how you. to get out. Yeah. Exactly. You don't know how to get out or the work of getting out, the work of digging yourself out is just too hard. You don't want yeah. to do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's easier to stay stuck and then to do all that hard work. Yeah. Right? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, what? can you talk about that? I, I think you are so bold wow. and you're so vulnerable to talk about that with running. You know, you said you looked in the mirror and the girl that you were wasn't there anymore. And that's, that's an, for in today's age and 2017 culture, you can almost get shamed for saying what you just said. Like, mm-hmm. you should love yourself for exactly the way you are, no matter what shape you're at. And you shouldn't change anything about you. And everyone should accept you for who you are. And you're saying, Nope, I got lost, I got lost, and I did too, Crystal. I -hmm. did too, and so I love that you talk about that. And now, you're a marathoner now, this is crazy (laughs) stuff. I can't even imagine doing that. (laughs) How did you get from from being stuck and saying, I'm still in here, to being this transformed transformation into this marathoner, that's amazing.
1: Mm. Well, you know what? I think that we have to always boil down what appears to be a destination way off in the distance with the first step that it takes to move anywhere. Mm. And if you only focus on the the distance for the destination, the work of the destination, the unknown of the destination, you'll never focus on what's most important, which is taking that first step. So in a literal and figural figurative sense, I downloaded the Couch to 5K app, <laughs> walked outside, ran for 30 minutes, thought I, I mean ran for 60 seconds, thought I was gonna die walked for 90 seconds and did that until I worked myself up to a 5k and then I said oh, I never would have thought I could do a 5k so let me see what happens if I do a half marathon. Oh, well let me see what happens if I try for a marathon and it all starts with the first step. It always starts with the first step. And so I ran that marathon, ran myself right into a crackle barrel and just stopped running. That was in 2014. And so because of the book, because of some life challenges, my husband has had some major health circumstances in the last Mm -hmm. few years. Running has not been a part of the fabric of my life. In fact, a part of my running time became my writing time. Mm. But literally in the past week, I put my headphones back in my ear and found the Couch to 5K app again, and I started over because I know that it can be done. And the premise of the whole book is it always starts with the first step, and even though I may not have been in any one person's shoes or your shoes or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, someone else's shoes that's listening. Mm -hmm. I know this truth. It always starts with the first step. And even if you started and you have to start over, you always start in the same place, one step at a time.
0: Mm. Well, I love your attitude of humility. You know, you've run marathons, but what do you do? You picked up the couch to 5k app again. And I think some people stop and they're like, couch to 5k. I don't want to tell anybody I'm doing that. I'm I don't, want to, I don't want them to know I'm that out of shape. See, or,
2: I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I want to do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I do, but there are people that that would get them stuck. And, you know, yeah. honestly,
2: mm.
0: having the last name that you grew up with, it's tougher. It's tougher to have that humility. And I just, it's such an inspiration to see someone that is embracing each stage of life you know you you talk in the book about your husband and the health things he's gone through and learning about gratitude how did that change the situation can you tell the story of your husband and and learning about how to be grateful in that situation because that changes all of our lives
1: yeah i mean the thing is is you know to steal from what my daddy says mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know if 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 what if all you see is what you see then there's so much that remains to be seen and there's more to be seen than what meets the eye. There's always something to be grateful for. It can always be worse. There's always a way to find joy. There's always something to laugh at. Even if you have to manufacture it by turning on your favorite sitcom until you feel a little more (laughs) lighthearted, there's always something that you can do to lighten your physical, mental and emotional load. You may have to search for it, but it's always there. So literally, when I was tempted to think, God, you've got to be kidding me. We're too young for this. We have small kids. This is financially backbreaking. Um, you know, this wasn't supposed to happen. Am I supposed to be the support for this? This was not what I had designed to do with my, you know, was intending to do with my life at this time. Those were the thoughts that were the automatic thoughts. But the positive thoughts, and you know, and I mean, some people get scared, Christians get scared when you say the word positive in thinking, because it sounds so new agey, <laughs> yeah. but you know, David David encouraged himself. The Bible mm, talks about yeah. that, and if you read the Psalms, what it is, is wave after wave of natural emotion and chosen emotion. Yes. David felt it. He said it. He cried out. He said, God, you're not there. Where are you? And then the, the very next Psalm, he's like, you are my refuge and strength. I'm like, is this coming from the same person? Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of choosing that uh, David did with his thought process. And so I think ultimately what we have to say is I get to choose. And the best way, the best way to choose to look at your life with different lenses is to find something to be grateful for, mm. to say, you know what, I am feeling this and this is hard for me, but I choose to be grateful um, because there's always something to be grateful for. And it does change your perspective.
2: Oh, for
0: sure. Oh, yeah. You know, Crystal, you say in the book, women have this habit of taking care of everybody else. I mean, we see this in the Bible. Um, Sometimes I think women need permission to take care of themselves, to say, you know, it's time to put my mask on first before helping those around us. Can you talk to the woman out there that's just doing everything for everyone else and isn't taking care of themselves and is getting lost in everybody else? Mm.
1: Sure. I mean, I think we have to reframe this whole idea of self-care. Self-care is not being selfish. It can be, mm. but it is not selfish by default. Self-care basically says two things. Number one, if at heart, the reason why I'm hesitant to be um, focused on some level of self-care is because I don't want to be selfish. Well, how can you be caring about other people if you're not in the best state possible to take care of them? Mm. So whatever that means, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, having yourself in a good place puts you in a better position to minister effectively to the people who you want to be selfless for. Mm. The second thing is, it's a stewardship issue if i look at my life my time my body my thoughts my um my growth my education all these different things as ways that i am honoring god by taking care of what he's given me that it's not really about me at all it's about how i'm honoring him in those different areas so women who i see and i i mean i've had my moments where um I'm in in the situation where I felt that way. My excuse was, well, I'm taking care of everybody else. And the reality is you're not doing a good job of that Mm -hmm. if you're not taking care of yourself. Women are short. They're frustrated. They're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They find themselves fine. And they don't know why. And that's a part of it. You've got to know that taking care of yourself is a stewardship issue.
2: So what are some of the ways that you take care of yourself?
1: Well, this is not a widely celebrated uh, answer, I don't think. But you know what? I get up early in the morning because Mm -hmm. most of all what I need at this time of my life, as much as I love my husband, as much as I love my kids, as much as I love ministry, as much as I love podcasts and the writing and all these different things, I need time to myself. (laughs) Quiet time.
0: I get up early too. That peace, there's nobody else up. It's silent. Oof, I love silence.
1: Yep. And so just being on in a position where I can hear myself think, Mm. where I can feel the rhythm of my own heartbeat Mm. and really put in the work to think, okay, right this second, am I okay? And if I'm not okay, what do I need to change or adjust so that I can be? Am I really honoring God? God, talk time early in the morning. Am I honoring you? Mm. How do I honor you with my day? I can't even begin to... um, even do the things that He wants me to do I don't take time to hear Him speak. And so, yes, yeah, spending time with God is self-care. But I mean, just to take it and make it something that's even more um, tangible, me me going out to walk or run, that's taking care of myself. Mm, me, yeah. I mean, I am literally on a trip right now where I spoke on Saturday night and I have to speak tonight. Mm-hmm. And I could have started home early yesterday morning and then got on a plane today so I could yeah. have spent a few hours at home. I didn't. And I felt a little guilty about it. Mm-hmm. I came straight to the next city where I had 24 hours to myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I just need a minute to catch up on my sleep. <laughs> yeah. I need a minute to just, you know, maybe get some work done and not be interrupted. And, you know, I have to say, okay, I will be better when I get home, because I will be refreshed, I will be rested, and they will have my full attention. I won't be darting in and out. So, you know, you just have to make that decision for your life mm-hmm. and carving out time that ultimately means that you're being a good steward of who you are.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I see is if it's almost like it has to be on the calendar. What Ryan and I, we try to take, you know, one time a quarter away a day with God just to reconnect but it's like if it's not on the calendar it's not happening and i and i love how you're just saying you just have to put on that mask first to take care of yourself
1: you do you do and and you're right you have to put i mean my husband and i we have to put dates on the calendar and married people can identify with that so why can't those married women say the same thing for themselves if i want to maintain or grow or develop the relationship with my husband we we Make sure we look each other in the eye. Well, if you want to maintain a good relationship with yourself, you have to have time to look yourself in the eye.
0: Mm. I like that. I definitely do. Crystal, what do you say to the, maybe to the couple who there's a woman and she's going through a transformation to be this, you know, woman that she thinks she is and her husband's like, hey. You know, I liked it the way that it was. I, I like things the way they were. And this new person is a little scary. And you're doing things that make me uneasy. Not wrong necessarily, but what if the other partner isn't that thrilled on the transformation?
1: Well, <laughs> I think that ultimately it's two, two things. One, it's still a stewardship issue. Uh, okay, so if if my husband asked me to go rob a bank, I would be very clear that even though he told me to do that, I should not do that sure. because yeah. there is a there is a a God who has said here are the rules. Well, I think the same thing applies too. I think. I think you have to be able to say to your spouse, lovingly, respectfully, with honor, if if the transformation that's happening is a transformation from the inside out because of what God is doing in you, mm, yeah. then that's still a stewardship issue of which your husband is even... Um, under the authority of now, the problem comes that you have a lot of women who are trying to remember who they are and get back to the girl in them. And it's totally selfless, selfishly driven. Yeah. And so they leave their husbands and I'm not cooking tonight because I got to go out with my friends or, (laughs) you know, it becomes that. And Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. I'm saying that when, when the Jesus in you makes himself more seen, more recognized, more overflowing, and that impacts the person that you are. Your family, your husband, your children should be blessed by that, yeah. not burnt by that. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm. I like it. Well, and it should be coming from the Lord. And I think when yeah, you're cause... in a in a relationship where you're doing it with the Lord and you're communicating that with your spouse, I think it's a lot less scary. I think. Um, the instance I'm thinking of, it's right. It's it's when it's just kind of bouncing off doing your own thing, which is more of a selfish aspect instead of a community aspect or a communal with your with the relationship with your spouse and your family.
1: Right. I mean, and I can communicate and, and a part of marriage is learning more about yourself within the context of a relationship. But I've learned to tell my husband, it's just the simple. I'll just say, I'm not good right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not good right now. Yeah. And you know, he knows now, after years of marriage, what that means. I need time by myself. And really? people are always saying i want to get out and be by myself my thing is i want y'all to get out
0: (laughs) (laughs) right 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 yeah
1: you know so i can be by myself at home um because i'm never at home by myself so my husband has learned isn't that a thing weird you know and so my husband has learned um sometimes that means for me to go out and sometimes that means for them to go out so they, he's take, started taking the boys on camping trips. We have three kids still at home. Mm. He takes them on camping trips um, so that they can be gone for a couple of days and I can have the house to myself. Uh, or, and sometimes I work and finish things and sometimes I sit there and veg out and I'm like, oh, mm. the TV can go and be on what I want to watch, not just what boys want to watch, That's you know, right. little things like that. Nice. Mm. But communication is so important. That's
2: Crystal, I'm a homeschooling mom and I know you are too. And you talk about the butterfly experiment, how sometimes you don't like science experiments. And I ditto on that one as a homeschooling mom. But can you talk about the (laughs) butterfly experiment and then us as women and our transformation?
1: Yes, absolutely. So there's this butterfly experiment that I'm so excited I can do. I've done it three times now. The first time it was, I was over, I'm always overwhelmed at new things. And so, um, and science experiments every time it's, the it's new, you know, it's the first time you've done it. And so, um, the first time we did it, I remember being all weirded out about moving the caterpillars from their little yeah. initial container to the, to the netted container. And, um, Uh, But it worked. And so did it with second son number, uh, the second son. And then son number three, when it was his turn to do it, he'd seen he remembered Mm -hmm. uh, the second son's experience. So he just kept saying, is it my turn? Is it my turn? And finally, it was his turn. And he did what the other two did, too, uh, which is wonder why it's taking so long. Are the caterpillars ever going to turn into butterflies? We have to wait a few days until they eat themselves into uh, the chrysalis. And so then when they were hanging from the top of the caterpillar jar and forming their chrysalis, he said, you know, I think they're dead. No, they're not dead. Well, how long is it going to be till the butterfly comes out? I mean, very, very Mm -hmm. impatient, very, very expectant and not understanding because he'd never seen it before. But because I've done this experiment now three times, I know. How long this takes. And I know that if you wait, something will happen. Something will be born. Mm. And many times, you're like my son. He waited and he finally realized after going through it the first time for him, the butterflies eventually do hatch. But he had that initial Point of struggling with the faith to believe because he'd never seen it happen. Yeah. Many women struggle with this idea that they can ever really feel that they're living a life where they honor the girl in them, where they are in touch with the girl that God designed mm-hmm. them to be, where they're, where they're living and living fully alive. And many times it's because they've never seen it before. Yeah. They, they don't know what it is to have a woman who is not living totally burdened by the weight of her circumstances or of her family uh, drama or trials or relational difficulties, they don't know. Yeah, um, They want it, but they've never seen it. Mm. And so my last encouragement to the reader in the book is even if you haven't seen it, I have. <laughs> I've seen it happen over again in my life. I've seen it happen over and over again in the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. And my prayer is that after reading the book and joining me on that journey of, of self-discovery as God wants us to be discovered in Him, that they, they're willing to continue the journey of waiting on the butterfly to emerge, mm-hmm. not because they're all that faith filled yeah. necessarily, but if they have to borrow my faith, that's okay. Yeah. Um, because most of the reason women don't see the process through is because it's taking too long and they give up. Yeah. They think it's and dead, just son, like your son. <laughs> it's dead. Yeah. It's not there. And yeah. I was there to encourage you to keep waiting. And for most women, they just needed a little, little encouragement to hang in there. And that's mm-hmm. what I hope that I've done in the book wrote. Thank you. You have done that. So thank you.
0: Definitely. Crystal, thanks for being on the broadcast. We really do appreciate it. What a joy.
2: My pleasure to be with you. So
0: fun to talk to you all. Definitely. Thanks so much. We'll see you again. Hey everybody. We are out of time for today, but thanks for joining us. And thanks for listening to Crystal. You can pick up her book at Amazon or wherever books are sold also, sign up for our newsletter at RebelParentine.org and catch us at Rebel Live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern. Facebook.com slash J Ryan Dobson, YouTube.com slash James Ryan Dobson. God bless. We will see you next week.